Oh, hey, I'm so glad that you found us. My name's Michael, and I get to be the pastor at Shepherd's Community United Methodist Church in Lakeland, Florida. You're listening to the It's Better When You're Here podcast, where every week we upload the messages that are preached at our church every Sunday. We hope by listening to this, uh, you feel safe, heard, and loved by the God that created you. We hope this message makes an impact in your life. If listening to this makes a difference, reach out to us and connect with us either on social media or on our website, shepherdsumc.com. All right, here's the message. Friends, this morning we are continuing our celebration of Advent, the chance for us to prepare our hearts for the joy of Christmas. I love Christmas. Christmas to me is a wonderful chance for all of us to be kids again, to make a wish list. It's so funny me at 35 making a wish list. The person I'm married to is probably going to need me to acknowledge that I did not make a wish list this year, and I'm in trouble because of it. And so uh, some of you who are good spouses probably have made a wish list uh, so that people can buy for you, but I, I just I didn't get around to it. Christmas is this opportunity for us to receive, right? It's our chance to give. It's our chance to receive. It's our chance to be generous and to receive generously. Every year at Advent, we're going to talk about four things. We're going to talk about peace hope, joy, and love, because these are the four central things that are so easy to forget. We are found ourselves at week four, the week of love. Love is a word that has been overused and abused for decades. Let's see what it could mean for us. Love is something that we use to describe pretty much anything that we anything more than just like. I have said and will continue to say that I love tacos. So when we talk about God's love, please don't think that it's anything like my affinity for tacos, even though my love for tacos is quite strong. Love is something so much more than just the trivial things that we like or are enamored with. Friends, it's even, the love of God is even greater than the love that we have for our spouses, our children, our friends, our family. This love is a transcendent, cosmic, powerful thing that reaches beyond just this life. The thing I'm going to say a lot today, the thing that I hope gets stuck in your head is this. Making space for love in our lives opens us up to miracles. Making space for love in our lives opens us up to miracles. Our passage today is from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax list. The first enrollment, this first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went up to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the guest room. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Woo! That was pitiful. We're going to do that again. 
This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Woo, Woo, great. Y'all, y'all great. I love y'all. This passage, I love this passage. It's right before Linus starts reading to us in the Peanuts Christmas special. Charlie Brown Christmas, can't recommend it enough. It's the only jazz that I like because I'm not cultured. I try my best, but I'm just not. I love the Charlie Brown Christmas special. And this is right before Linus starts reading to us. And it sets the stage for Christ's birth. I don't know about you. You might have a story of, of the events leading up to your birth, that story that, that your parents told when you were born. I've got a story for, for Annabelle when I yelled at a woman through an intercom. wasn't my finest moment, but to be fair, it was 2 a.m., and I was trying my best. But for me, my, my birth story... I was born in a women's hospital in Dochester, Massachusetts. Uh, For those of you who don't know, that's not how you spell it. That's just how you say it. In Massachusetts, when you see a city name, you don't say all the letters. You just say whichever ones you want, or you just make up something new. It's a fun little game that we play to make uh, out-of-towners feel real special. But it's snowing. It's coming down sideways. And my dad is driving my mom, who's in labor, and he's complaining about the lack of parking spaces in the hospital parking lot to a woman in labor, really complained, oh, this is just awful. It can't, can't park anywhere. My mother then says, well, then just let me out here in the middle of the parking lot. And my dad, being a kind but not bright man, opened the door. And so he only got to hear that story for the next uh, 20 years until he went to be with the Lord. I'm sure somehow, some way, he still hears this story to this day in glory. So maybe you have a story, but this is Jesus's story. This is Jesus's story of of his birth. The story of Christ's birth confirms God's love for us. You see, because God came down at Christmas. God came in the person of Jesus at Christmas. And so we see God's love because God chose to be born into this world. I was only born once. I don't remember it, but I don't think it was easy. I've heard bad things from those that have given birth. And yet the God of the universe, needing to show God's great transcendent love, does so through the birth of a baby. And making space for love in our lives opens us up to miracles. Now let me tell you one problem in this passage that we've heard. We've heard, if you're anything like me, you've heard the passage said that she laid him in a manger because there was not enough room for them in the inn. That's right. And if you're anything like me, when I hear the word inn, I think of, we'll leave the light on for you. Or or Red Roof Inn, right? Hampton Inn and Suites, which I love that place. Hampton, hit me up. Sponsorship. I will give you a commercial spot right here. When you think of an inn, that's what you think of. But that's not actually what happened. You might have been told that the hotels were full in Bethlehem. That wasn't actually what it was. There wasn't enough room for them in the house of Joseph's family. So in that time in in Palestine, the normal home would have an upstairs outside where most people slept. And then there would be a guest room. Because there weren't a whole lot of hotels or inns at that time, it was customary for you to build an extra room so that your family traveling through could come and stay in your house. And because this was a surprise trip and in many ways a surprise baby, 
because babies come whenever babies want. There was no room for them. Joseph didn't get a guest room in one of his family members' house. The reason why I'm pointing this out is not just because, you know, pastors get these little annoyances that they keep as little pets, like it's not really an inn or Mary did know, all of those things. But the thing about Christ's birth that must shine out to us is this. It was radically normal. It was so normal. Maybe you have the manger scene, the crush scene on your mantle, and there's an angel, and there's this beautiful animal stall, and everyone looks so serene. And and I think that that's a nice image for us to have. But friends, that's not what happened. This was a birth that happened outside with no anesthetic, right? This was not, you know, a time when it was easy to give birth. It was normal. It was normal, friends. Joseph showed up and said, hey, can we sleep in the house? And everyone said, no, Cousin Terry's already in there. And they went down to the next house and nope, uh, Aunt Lisa's there. And you got to keep moving, keep moving. Then all of a sudden the baby said, we're going to stop moving and we're going to have a baby right now, right? It was radically, radically normal. Making space for love in our lives opens us up to miracles. Christ was fully human. It is hard for us to reconcile with the humanity of Christ. I know it is for me. I pray to Jesus every single day, and it is hard for me to reconcile and imagine that Jesus at one point stood in a human form, got splinters in his hands, maybe got a cold, drank water that made him ill, right? He was a human being that Jesus had heartbreak, just like me. Jesus had fear, just like me. Jesus felt hurt, just like I have. That Jesus was once a little boy, and if he's like any little boy I've ever met, he was a lot, right? Nothing has shown me more that little boys are something, I see mom shaking their heads, that boys are a little bit different than having a little girl, right? Because we'll meet up with friends that have boys the same age, and I'm just like, what y'all feed him? He's going so much faster than ours, right? And so this boy had scraped knees. I know that Jesus ran probably when he shouldn't have and ate it a couple times in the gravel, the scraped knees of it all. And the reason why we must reconcile with the humanity of Jesus, understanding that Jesus was fully human, is because the humanity of Christ confirms the divine empathy born of love. Friends, do you understand this? God's love for us is so great that there is divine empathy for us. The God of the universe wants to know what it's like to be a human being. The God of the universe wants to know what it's like to feel like we feel, and that is only because of love. Making space for love in our lives opens us up to miracles. Christ was fully divine. When Jesus was here on earth, Jesus was God. For those of you who are very analytical, you've noticed something, and that's called a mystery. You can't be fully something one thing and fully something another thing. That's called mystery, baby. And Jesus was both fully human and fully divine at the same exact time. 
And if you're anything like me, you struggle to reconcile what it means that Christ was fully God and fully man at the same time. But friends, in order for Christmas to matter at all, it needs to be about when God came down. Our our Presbyterian friends use this phrase that I really love, God condescends to us. I like that because I sometimes, I I may have been accused of being condescending from time. Am I the only uh, heathen among us? And it makes a sin that I do sound nice. But God condescends to us, comes down, dwells among us, is with us. Christmas doesn't matter at all if God doesn't come down and dwell among us. God doesn't send best wishes. I love Christmas cards. I love getting them. But Jesus coming down is not God sending out a Christmas card saying, oh, I got a new job and doing this, that, and the other, and hope you're well, and we'll see you in a year. No, instead, it's God coming down and getting in it. God is not an armchair quarterback. God is not phoning in and saying, well, you know what you should have done. Instead, God comes, gets splinters, gets scraped knees, has heartbreak, and is here with us. Making space for love in our lives opens us up to miracles. We have to make space for love in our lives, friends. In modern times, Christ's birth needs to fit around other things. It is hard to find some free time from now until about January 4th. It is a busy season for all of us. And in the middle of it, right, the school board decides that our kids don't actually have to go to school. Super helpful, right? Really, really, really grateful for that, right? Perfect time for them to have less activity. We find ourselves in the busiest time, and we have to find a way to weave God in to every moment that we have. See, friends, we fill our time with gifts, busyness, friends, cookies, great things, important things, I dare say magical things. The love of God must permeate all of Christmas. And so when you find yourself in Target on December 22nd or 23rd, maybe even 24th, I want you to find a way to weave God in to those moments. Maybe it's letting someone check out in front of you. Maybe it's getting that gift for that person that probably doesn't deserve it. Maybe, maybe it's finding a way to find God's love in every single moment. Because when we make space for love in our lives, it opens us up to miracles. So what does that look like? Well, friends, never forget that we do not serve a God pulling strings. We don't serve a God that's up here making us do things or making things happen to us and and seeing how we react. We don't serve a God that's sending disease and pestilence and, and storms into our lives. Instead, we serve a God who's down there with us in the storm, in the suffering. Maybe holidays are awful for you. Maybe as soon as the countdown starts for Christmas, you start thinking about that loved one who will not be there opening gifts with you on Christmas morning. Maybe you begin to think about how family is not what it used to be or family is not what you want it to be. Know this, you do not serve a God who's looking down from heaven wondering how you're going to react, but instead is sat there right next to you, suffering with you, hurting 
with you, getting splinters with you, scraping his knee with you. We serve a God that is in it. What does this look like to make space for love in our lives so that we can be open to miracles from December 26 onward? Never forget when God came to rescue us, God did that with sacrificial love. The kind of love that could never fit on a Hallmark card, could never be in one of those lovely, cheesy movies. A kind of love that has shaken the entire pillars of creation. A kind of sacrificial love that has changed the norm that we see in our lives, has caused a paradigm shift of a transcendent order. We see that sacrificial love at Christmas. What could we do to see Christ in everything that we do? How could we allow love to permeate our lives so much that everything becomes a miracle? Friends, if you wake up in the morning, what a miracle. If you get a cup of coffee that's just right, what a miracle. The friends in your lives, this church community, the people in our neighborhood, friends, what a miracle. I told you that Christ's birth was very normal, radically normal for the time. What a miracle. When we allow ourselves to see love around us, we are open to more miracles, not because we're going to have a winning lottery ticket show up in our back pocket, but because all of a sudden, when love permeates every moment of our lives, we begin to see miracles everywhere that we look. When we make space for love in our lives, it opens us up to miracles. Let's pray together. All right, friends, I hope you heard something in today's message that made an impact in your life, helped you know that you're loved by God, and inspired you to do something about the gospel that is offered to you. Now receive this blessing as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.